the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. Welcome to a live preaching message from Lighthouse Chapel International, Manhattan, New York. Lighthouse Chapel International Manhattan is the Apache branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International Churches in the United States of America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to preach and teach the Gospel wherever they might be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. He's saying all of us that, telling all of us this morning that you cannot sleep in the presence of the king. That's, that's, that's a good one. You cannot sleep in the presence of the king. Hallelujah. I like her authoritative and cho choleric nature. It's like she gave birth to all of us. <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Are you blessed to be in church this morning? Please come, let's pray about the offering. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful church. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this offering. We bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell your neighbor, it's a beautiful church. And you look beautiful. And I'm happy to sit by you. Just don't sleep. <laughs> Tell the person, according to Sister Lisa, you cannot sleep in the presence of a king. Hallelujah. I'm very blessed to be here. Yeah, if I can have the, yeah, wonderful. Are you ready to learn some, actually I have some few announcements before I preach. Don't forget, um, this year, we're not going to have a Christmas party and carol service that, like we traditionally have. We are not going to have it like we traditionally have, but we have it in another form. Amen. So, we're going to have ministry meetings party. So, every ministry, you might, the leader must organize a Christmas party. So if you're in a ministry and your leader does not organize any party, tell the leader, I am leaving the ministry. <laughs> so make sure that your leader organizes a Christmas party, every ministry. If he doesn't do it, tell her, listen, I am out. So, I mean, however she's going to organize it, it's up to them. Organize it. You can meet in the home, you can meet in the restaurant, anywhere. Just organize the Christmas party. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So think about it, okay? Choose any day that is convenient for everybody in the ministry and organize the party. Hallelujah. And those of you who have faith, you may invite me. I may show up at some of them. Hallelujah. Let's learn some scriptures this morning. First Timothy chapter 5, verse number 17. It says, learn, one, two, let's read, go. You start with the verse first. One, two, go. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. First Timothy 5.17. Again? Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, Especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. First Timothy 5.17. For the last time. 
So this is very simple. This is we can break it into two. The first part says, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Part one. Again. Again. And then the second part said what? Again. Again. Do you get it? Is it powerful? Can you memorize it now? Okay. One, two, go. All right, off the screen. One, two, go. Put your hands in. You, you made it somehow. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a very interesting scripture. It's a very, very interesting scripture. He said, look, put it back. This way, I mean, a little bit teaching on the scripture. He said, let the elders that rule well. Okay? That's, that's actually the one of the most interesting aspects of the scripture. It means that not every elder is worthy of honor. That's what it, that's, that's what it means. He said, honor is due to the elders who rule well. So the fact that you are an elder, you have been appointed something, that's no way the people should honor you. You have not thought about it. Because some people carry the title, but they don't rule well. Yeah. He said, let the elders, that rule well. He didn't say let the elders be counted well. He said, let the elders, that rule. There's a condition. The condition is that you must rule well. So the fact that you have been appointed, maybe a rich shop, a reverend, a pastor, and a, a shepherd, and you don't do well, then don't demand that double honor. At least, then demand basic honor like everybody, but not double honor. <laughs> just, just accept normal honor, because you don't preach to them, you don't teach to them, you don't visit them, you don't pray for them. Then what, 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 what do you want from them? Just, just take honor like everybody else. Hallelujah. So, so sometimes, you see, I'm, this, sometimes we demand things that we don't deserve. Not all the time. Shut up. <laughs> Are you a pastor? Sometimes we pastors do. <laughs> he said all the time. <laughs> Are you a pastor? Oh, you're talking about yourself. Okay, I hear you. But here, he's talking about pastors, elders, pastors, shepherds, leaders. You sometimes we demand things that we really don't deserve. Because honestly speaking, you haven't done it. You have no rule where. So the fact that you have been given a collar, a title, a post, that's not me. Hallelujah. He says, that rule well. I'm a pastor, I'm saying. So sometimes we pastors, we, de we demand things that we, we don't deserve. Let the elders that rule well become kind of well. But if the person rules well, if the person rules well, then you must be, the person is worthy of double honor. 
It means that if I rule well, when I come, I should not struggle for parking. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you don't think I, if you think I don't rule well, then look, let me hustle like everybody else look for parking. But if you think I rule well, then it means that when I come, at least the double honor that look, Reverend, we have a parking spot for you. So you decide. Hallelujah. Then it goes to especially they who labor. You see, among the, among the elders and the leaders, it targets a particular group. Especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Here it is simple. Especially the one who preaches to you. It's as simple as that. Labor, you don't need any ministry. Because in every church, you see, in a big church, like in our church, I have a lot of pastors who are all pastors. Reverend Joe, uh, Pastor David, they're all pastors. Lady Pastor, they're all pastors. So they all are elders. They all rule. And I'm sure they all rule well. But I labor in the word and doctrine. You see, it's as simple as that. I'm not making it up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because most of the time, I, I preach to you. Not that I'm the one who preach to you all the time. Uh-huh. So, even though all of them deserve honor, and you must honor them. I, mean, I don't believe in no honoring pastors. You must honor all the pastors. But the one who labor. Do you understand what I'm saying? It means that when there's, it means that when there's one parking spot, we should not rotate. <laughs> because, okay, this year, Reverend, today, you, Reverend, you park. Tomorrow, we see for Reverend, you know, no. There's no rotation here. Am I preaching to you? Uh-huh. Oh? Anita, you don't agree with me? David, why? Reverend, huh? Yeah, I wonder if they agree. Explain this one package. If there's three, they all get some, but if there's only one, it's mine. That's what the Bible says. Put your <laughs> Hallelujah. Wonderful. Uh, last week, uh, or, or two weeks ago, today the stage is very long, so it's nice. I don't know whether it's nice or not, but it's nice too. Because when the stage is long, I can see you clearly. You're like, when I stand here, it's like I can see everybody here. So if you sleep, I'll catch you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Last week, I started talking to you about, oh, oh no, two weeks ago, I started talking about backsliding. And I was sharing with you that, look, if you're a Christian, there's no point in being a Christian and not making it to heaven. What's the point? It's a waste of time. Hallelujah. It's actually a waste of time. To be a Christian and not make it to heaven. There must be an unbeliever and go to hell. Hallelujah. So if you say you are a Christian, then your ultimate aim is to go to heaven. Isn't it? Isn't that our aim? Yes. Hallelujah. That's why we still, this will be that song. Anybody wants to live forever? Say I do. Anybody wants to walk on golden streets? Say I do. Yes, that's the purpose of being, being saved. That's why, because Jesus Christ, when he came, he said, I go, I go. When he left the earth, when he left planet earth, he said, I go, I am going to prepare a place for you. Are you hearing me? He said, I am going to prepare a place for you. That where I am, which is heaven, where I am, that's where you also be. So his ultimate aim to die on the cross to save us, to shed his blood for us, so that one day we'll be with him in paradise. One day we'll be with him in heaven. And let me tell you something, heaven is better than earth. 
Yeah. No more weeping, no more crying, no more sorrow. Heaven is far better than earth. Hallelujah. And hell is far, and hell is worse than your job. <laughs> you think your job is hell? Hell is worse. Look, tell your neighbor, avoid hell at all costs. Oh, you think your, you think your, oh man, my job is hell. Your, your job is nowhere near hell. Hallelujah. So, that, but, the, but, the, but, the, but the, the, the reality of it is that, you see, the reality of it is that not everybody who comes to give their life to Christ will go, out, will go to heaven. You see, that's why I'm teaching this thing. The reality that the fact that you were saved last year does not mean you go to heaven. Are you hearing me? Because even though you are saved, even though today you are here, if you don't do certain things, very soon by the time you realize you are here. And when they come and they pick the people who are here, you will not be in the group. Hallelujah. That is why I'm teaching about backsliding. Falling back. Hallelujah. And just in case you don't know, you know, Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. Matthew 10, 22. He said that, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end. He that endureth what? He that endureth what? Shall be what? Shall be what? It means that when you give your life to Christ, you're going to go through challenges. You have difficulties. And other things, but the one who survives is the one who will be saved. Hallelujah. It means after being born again, there will be a lot of temptations. Maybe before you were saved, the boy didn't like you. But now that you are saved, the boy likes you. All of a sudden, the same guy who didn't like you now said, baby. Tonight. Will be the night. The only night. Yeah. And suddenly temptations are coming your way. Stresses are coming your way. Situations are coming your way. And it can make you fall back. And the Bible is saying that the one who endureth to the end is the one who will be saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is why I am teaching you about backsliding. You see, and backsliding is a very sad condition. A lot of Christians backslide. Pastors backslide. Bishops backslide. Yeah. I mean, when you hear a pastor saying that they no longer believe in the virgin birth, what do you think has happened to them? You think about it. When you hear a priest now saying that I don't longer believe in the virgin birth, what do you think has happened? That's life. Hallelujah. He that endures to the end. And it's a very sad state. So one of the prophets, you see, one of the prophets that talks about backsliding a lot in the Bible is the prophet Jeremiah. 
Hallelujah. And so Jeremiah, Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah is known by, in the, uh, by Bible scholars as the weeping prophet. The prophet who's always weeping. He's described as the weeping prophet. Are you here with me? Because when he sees people backslide in his heart break, he's always crying, what? Is it possible that people are falling back? Because you see, when you understand eternity, when you understand blessing, your heart will break when you see people falling back. Hallelujah. So he's described as the weeping prophet. And, and, and so when you read his, the, the writings of Jeremiah, like I was sharing with you last week, he described the backsliding state with a lot of like examples. Like when somebody is backsliding, this is how the person looks like. Hallelujah. That is why I was talking to you about example, uh, like the biblical description not, like two weeks ago. The biblical description of backsliding. Hallelujah. In Jeremiah 2.13, he says that when somebody backslides, he says when somebody backslides, he is like somebody who was sitting by a fountain of living waters. Fresh water. Somebody who had a lot of fresh water. Then suddenly he leaves the fresh water. I mean, how? And then he decided, I'm going to fetch my own water. And then he goes and takes a bowl that is broken. Broken system. That cannot hold water. It's like some time ago you were sitting by living waters, fresh, you were enjoying. Are you crazy to, have, to leave this thing? To go now, say you're going to fetch your own water and you take a bowl that has holes in it and you struggle. That happens to when you backslide. You leave blessing, you leave favor, you leave the grace of God, and you now you are exposed to the elements. Hallelujah. That's why Jeremiah describes it. Hallelujah. He says it's like a woman who had gone out. Without her makeup. Yeah. Can, is it possible that a lady will live in her house and go without her makeup? In this day and age? Yeah. Hallelujah. Or a lady who steps out without her. He, said, he has so many descriptions. I, I, I preached about two weeks ago. He says it's like a bride who forgets her wedding dress. I mean, if you see somebody come for a wedding... And then say, shall we welcome the bride? Ta, 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 ta. Then she's coming in her cloth and she has forgotten to put on her wedding dress. And what will you think, honestly? What, what will you think? The, your, your first response will be, this person is mad. Because it's only madness that will make it on the day of your wedding. I mean, I mean, I mean you, are, you are mad. You immediately call 911. Yeah. I mean, you're going to marry your, your, your wife. And then you, 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 normally the, the groom comes first. So you are sitting in front with your best man. And then they say, shall we, shall we welcome the bride? Stand up. Then we all stand up. 
and then you see her coming down the aisle in jeans and t-shirt you will will need a, a psychiatric diagnosis hallelujah and Jeremiah is describing a backsliding state now when people backslide they behave like a bride who has forgotten her gown in other words, he said that it's insanity. It's madness to turn away from the living God. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? Yeah. So many reasons. In fact, another one that he describes, you, 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 you don't even want to hear it. You want to hear that one? In Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11. Proverbs 26, 11. It says that, no, 11, 11, 11. As a dog, see, as a dog returned to his vomit. Ew. So a fool, as a fool returned, that's how it's, it's, it's like a dog. Now, and do you know dogs do that? Do you know dogs do that? You don't know. You, have, you don't have dogs. Sometimes they puke in the corner. And then they will smell. And then they go, 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 go. Then they will come back again. That's dogs. Vomit. The thing that you didn't like. A backslide, the thing that you didn't like that you vomited out. You go around. And then after a while, you come back to it and lick it. That is the backsliding as a dog. So, uh, it looks gross, huh? It looks, it, does it look gross? I cannot imagine any of us who, who vomit. You vomit after a while. I say, I'm so hungry. <laughs> like you had this nice, you had this nice Chinese food. And then you threw up. Now after a while, I say, man, I'm so hungry. I paid so much for this food. This was a very expensive food. I cannot let you go to waste. So you go back to the vomit. <laughs> because you paid too much. It was too expensive. And after you had to throw everything out. So, no, 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 no. I have to go back to the vomit. And eat it again. You see, it's, it sounds gross. But dogs do it. Dogs do it. But you don't expect human beings to do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Dogs do it. So, when you backslide, see, when you backslide, you are behaving like a dog. Why? Because the things that you used to like in the world, the bad things, you say you have left it, you vomited it out. Then after a while, you go back to it again. You are behaving like a dog. Do you understand? You say, ah, I'm born again. I don't want to live this lifestyle again. I don't do this again. I don't watch these movies. I don't drink again. I don't smoke again. I don't keep these friends. I I vomited all of them out. You are nasty. After a while, you go back again. You are behaving like a dog. 
It's a dog that behaves like that. Now you don't come to church again. You, you, you see, the things that you said, now I am born again. So I don't, the, thing, the things I do, I, the things I used to do, I do them no more. I don't do this anymore. I don't behave this anymore. I don't gossip this way anymore. I don't behave, I don't drink anymore. I don't gossip. I don't fornicate. I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't smoke. I don't, I, uh, I don't insult people. I don't, I mean, I've left all that. I'm a believer. I don't crack silly jokes. And then after a while, you go back to that behavior. You are like a dog. Yeah, I'm preaching, I'm teaching. That's what it means. You say you've turned around. And you go back to it again. You are like a dog. Because that's a dog. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, may you not be a dog. Say, don't backslide. That's what it means. Hallelujah. Are you getting blessed? Yeah. Now, I think I have more to share, but I'm preaching. Now, let me give you reasons. Reasons. See, there are so many reasons that we backslide, but let me give you some principal reasons. Because what I talk about is the biblical description of backsliding. I'm talking about today's message. Reasons why people backslide. You must know so that you avoid it. Or, Mike, isn't it true? You must clearly know why people backslide. Hallelujah. And it's all in the Bible. Amen. Luke 18. Sorry. Luke 8, 13. Luke 8, 13. Jesus spoke about the parable of the sower. A sower went to sow. And he threw the seed, which is the word of God. Some fell by the roadside. Some fell among thorns. Some fell on good soil. Others on shallow ground. Then he says that they, talk about the seed that was on the rock. They on the rock are they, which when they hear, the, when they hear, Receive the word with joy. And this have no root. Have no root. Which for a while believe. And in time of temptation fall away. They have no roots. So they believe for a while. They are not, they have no roots. The word of God, they are saved for a while. But they are shallow. They are not deep. So in times of stress and temptation and difficulty, they fall away. One of the reasons why people backslide a lot is that because we are not deep. We are shallow. Jesus said the word did not get roots. Shallow Christians. You see, you can be in the church for a long time, but you are still not deep. Shallow. Empty. Christians who are shallow. You don't read your Bible. You don't pray. Shallow. Everything that you know, somebody told you, you have not read it yourself. Hallelujah. Everything that you know, somebody told you, you haven't read it yourself. You don't read Christian books. 
join, you see, one of the signs of shallow that you don't even join any ministry in the church. Because you see, as you join a ministry or you do something in the church, it makes you deep. You don't even join any group. You are very shallow. You come and go. There's no depth to you. Everything that you know, somebody told you. Have you, have, have, I mean, have you fasted on your own before? Do you go on your personal retreat? Do you read your Bible yourself? You are shallow. You are shallow. Your Christian, you see, your Christianity is linked to somebody. So the day that person is not there, you begin to backslide. I'm preaching to you. Your Christianity is attached to somebody. The reason why you come to church is because somebody says, let's come. But the day the person doesn't come, will you come yourself? You are shallow. Do you know God for yourself? It's because, it's like, because of who you live with, you are, have no choice but to come to church. But the day you move to be on your own, And that is why a lot of, sometimes, sometimes a lot of spouses are shallow. When I say spouses, it could be both husband and wife. Some husbands come to church because their wife is bringing them. They didn't wife somebody, they won't come. And some wives also come because their husbands are bringing them. You are shallow. You are not deep. Yeah. He says, he says, you are not deep. The word came to you. You are excited about it, but you are not deep. So a little temptation, a little crisis. You see, look, you are in church here because you are here. But the day you get a, a new job in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and there's no church there, will you survive? As a Christian, a lot of Christians have backslidden by relocation. The fact that they move from one place where there's a church to another place where there's no church, they backslide. Because all along, your Christianity was because of the company you were in. You were not deep yourself. So when temptation comes, when, when you are here, everybody knows you. But when you moved to that place all by yourself, Nobody knows you. You are cool. You are quiet. And all the girls are around and they are drinking. You suddenly hide your Bible. Because you are not deep. Are you hearing me? But you must know. You see, you, one day you'll be tempted. That's what I said. When temptation comes. One day your faith will be tested. That is why some people even when they move you, you, some of, even some of our church members, they, because they were here and their parents used to bring them to church and they were always active in church, as soon as they graduate and go to college and by themselves. It means, that they were, it means that all along, whilst they were with us, they were no deep. They were just being carried by their friends and their, and their parents. But when they were left on their own, they couldn't survive. That is why I want you guys to be deep. Okay? Be deep. Okay? It's good that your parents brought you to church. 
but let your faith be based on your personal belief in Christ. I'm preaching to you. You see, now we, we, are, we are just bringing you for you to see. But at the end of the day, believe God for yourself. I said, believe God for yourself. So that you can be like, Paul said, I know whom I believe. See, when you people believe God for yourself, whether we, we take you to London, Chicago, or Papua New Guinea, you will still remain a Christian. Look, that's what I'm interested in them. Because I, I have been there before. You see, I, I, I almost backslid. I mean, you won't believe it, but I almost backslid. Me, almost. Because I know how it is. I was a Christian. I was born. I, I, I didn't backslide. I said I almost, but I did not. <laughs> so there are two different things. I was a Christian. I had been saved in medical school, second year. Then after that, after I got saved, you know, medical school, if you are saved and you are around somebody like Brother Doug, you can't be backslide. Brother Doug, no, 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 you can't. It's not possible to backslide around Brother Doug. Hey! The whole Christianity is like a military camp. <laughs> hey! I mean, Monday there is outreach, Tuesday there is evangelism. I mean, you, even if you want to backslide, there's no time. All over you, you come to your room. What music are you listening to? Hey, watch more church. What? <laughs> hey, what music are you listening to? What book are you reading? And here am I, I was close to him. So I couldn't even backslide. I mean, no, no, there's no time. There's no time. You cannot. Chasing you. Friday night, all night, Saturday, outreach. Sunday, church, Monday after lectures, and activities. What time will you even find to backslide? Then, after one year, I left Ghana to go to London. Then when I went to London, their brother Rag was not there. <laughs> I was on my own. And here am I. I was in a college called Astor College in central London. Uh -huh. In central London on Tottenham Court Road. I was on, and my, and, my, and my hostel was on the top floor. And the thing about the hostel, on my hostel, from my window, I could see the cafeteria. So here am I, young Christian. And I'm lying in my room. Then when I look down on Friday night, the jam. This white people with their white bodies. <laughs> and the music. And the lights. I mean, I knew some lights before, but I've not seen lights like this before. You can see the happiness. And here I am coming from Africa where alcohol is very expensive. But here, when you go downstairs, the beer, everybody can buy the beer. And I used to remember on my floor on Friday night, 
Now some guy called him. He'll be knocking on the door. We're going to the pub. Charlie, you coming? We're going to the They'll be knocking. <laughs> We're going to the pub, Charlie. No, we study all week, Ch- Friday. We need to cool down. We need to cool down, Charlie. <laughs> hey. That's college life. Like Thursday, Friday night jam, then the music. And here am I. Lie in my room. Brother Doug is not here. <laughs> it wasn't it you. But because he had taught me to have my quiet time, to not go for myself. In fact, one time, I almost got to the entrance of the day. But I didn't enter, I didn't enter. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. I actually got down from my room. I was going to jam with them. Then I go, why are you, I didn't enter. <laughs> mommy, mommy, you don't believe me. I'm your pastor. I said I did not enter. <laughs> yeah, probably say for real. Yeah, seriously. No, no. I'm in church. I can't lie to you. I actually came downstairs. That night, the temptation was very strong. I didn't enter. Yeah. Oh, the music was too powerful. And I like music too. Because, I, because you see, before I got saved, I was, I, I used to, I was the DJ. So, so there was a strong pull. Hey. He's too well. Hey. I tell you, it wasn't easy. And this, and, and on the whole floor, Friday night, knocking. Charlie, we're going to the pub. Charlie, you coming? Charlie, you coming? <laughs> Me too, I couldn't say no. You see? And the mistake I made is I'd not tell him I was born again. You see, that's the danger. When you are in the midst of unbelievers, declare your stand. Quickly! So I thought I, I was free. But lo and behold, a month later, two, three, three, a month later, about three or four weeks later, no, two weeks later, somebody was looking for me. In London! Who will it be? Another brother, no. Called brother Danny Aite. Brother Dag has called him. <laughs> This brother, <laughs> brother Doug has called him, giving me my name and my address. Shepherding. So here, why? Came. Oh, are you? Are you? Sinosh. I say yeah. So oh, Doug told me about you. We have a church. Hey, by the time I realized, you have carried me from the hostel <laughs> to a church, Finchley Road. House of prayer. So then when the people started seeing it, when the team of course I go, oh, you go to church, you go to church, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Are you hearing me? So you need to be deep. See, but when I moved from, after London, I went back to Ghana. And when I moved from Ghana and I came here, 
I also came alone this time. I still didn't come with anybody. But by this time, I was deep. My roots were established. So no temptation could draw me. This time, I didn't need brother Doug. As soon as I came, I went to look for a church myself. I personally went to look for a church. Nobody took me to a church. I went. The first week I landed, Saturday evening, I drove around the neighborhood to find a church. I drove around the neighborhood to find a church. Yes. Sunday morning, it was a Baptist church. I was in there. I was in Edmonton. I sat there in the church. I went there two weeks. Then I asked somebody about, is that charismatic? Then they showed me, is that charismatic church in Edison called Faith Fellowship. I looked for the church because this time, I was deep. Hallelujah. Tell anybody, but may you be deep. You see, you must know God for yourself. Hallelujah. See, I don't, I, I don't, otherwise you can easily backslide. See, don't let your faith hinge on other people. Are you hearing me? Nothing was, are you hearing me? Look, that's what Paul, Paul said. Paul said that, follow me. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? He said what? Follow me as I do what? He says follow me as I do what? Now look, watch this analogy. Listen to the analogy. If I tell you I am going to New Jersey, follow me. If I say I am going to New Jersey, follow me. It means that the you also want to go to Jesse. It means that even though you are following me, you yourself must have an idea where Jesse is. Because if you don't have an idea where Jesse is, I can easily be on the tenpike north. And you're following me blindly. So even though you are following me to New Jersey, you must have an idea where Jesse is. So that if I get on the tenpike and I turn towards Connecticut, you say, no, 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 no. Even though I want to go to Jesse, but where you are leading me is not Jesse. You are in the wrong direction. So follow me as I follow Christ. Hallelujah. Because the person, the reason why Paul is saying that, because sometimes you can follow blindly. And a lot of Christians have followed blindly without knowing what they are following and end up backsliding. So make sure that you know Christ. So Paul is saying that, look, follow me. As I follow Christ. It means Paul is saying that it is, it is also important for you to know Christ yourself. So that everything I tell you, make sure that it is in line with the Bible. If it's not in line with the Bible, don't follow. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why I say you have to be deep for yourself. Yeah. Follow me. That is why every time you hear Bishop Dak preaching, he will say, if what I'm telling you is not in the Bible, don't take it. Don't believe it. Follow me. Little ones, follow your parents as they follow Christ. Are you hearing me? So the day that your mom said that, listen, I'm going to do this. You say, mom, listen, I don't care, I don't care. I'm, going to, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to do what I want to do. Say, Mom, I honor you very much, but it's not in the Bible. Be deep. 
I'm serious with you. Be deep. Yeah. Follow me. As I follow Christ. Hallelujah. The reason why we backslide is that we are not shallow, we are not deep. And a little temptation here and there, we fall by the wayside. But may you not backslide. May you be steady. May you know God for yourself. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, pray for yourself. Pray that you know backslide. You will be steady. Pray that you know backslide. You will be steady. Pray that you know backslide. Makanda, you may know God for yourself. Paul said, if I sing this song, I want to be more like you. I want to be more like Jesus. Let's go. Standard example. Jesus is the standard. Our aim is to be like him. That is why you must not look unto man, but look unto Jesus. Follow your pastor, follow your shepherd, follow your parent, follow your leader, but make sure they are following Christ. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to be. you want to be like is Jesus. You don't want to be like a pastor. And you may follow your pastor. You may follow your shepherd. You may follow your leader. But your ultimate aim is to be like Christ. Paul, Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus. At the end of the day, it is Jesus who can save us. Amen. He's our savior. Amen. He's our master. He's our redeemer. He's the one who come to die on who came to die on the Calvary for us. So would please, no movement. At this point, I don't want any movement. Would every eye close and every head bowed. If you are here and you are not born again, you are not saved. The one who died for you was not the pastor. The one who died for you was not your bishop. The one who died for you was Christ. So this morning, if you are here and you are not born again, you are not saved. He's the only one who can guarantee you heaven. You want to be a Christian. I'm not saying coming to church. Sometimes you can come to church, but you're not a Christian. So young or old. So far as I'm concerned, once you're above six years old, you can give your life to Christ. So young or old, if you're not saved, 
please lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. You want to be born again. There is room at the cross. Young or old? It's very important. Don't make any assumptions. Oh, young or old? Young people are giving their life to Christ. Yes. It's very important. If you have not done it, it's not a joke. I tell you. Once you're above six years old, you, you understand the concept of life and death. You must be born again. Your shepherd has brought them to be born again. That they must be saved. Yes, Lord. Okay, repeat after me, little ones. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. This morning. This morning. I thank you. I thank you. For Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ. I believe. I believe. My salvation. My salvation. Is based. Is based. On Christ alone. On Christ alone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me. For saving me. Amen. Amen. Put your hand together for my young ones. Hallelujah. Wonderful. We hope you've been blessed. For copies of this message or other such messages, please write to us at tapes and publications at yahoo.com.